The best way to predict the future is to invent it. Stephen Ambrose brings you up to speed on what the future holds as he explores the latest technology as it impacts our lives. Well, welcome to Tech Talk right here on High FM. As my watch bings and dings, tell you all these electronic goodies create havoc in my life. What can I say? But that's the business. That's what we do. And the truth is, it's all gone seriously, seriously meter on us over the last couple of months and years. And we're going to be talking a lot about that because the whole metaverse, you might have heard about it. You might have heard about uh, Facebook's holding company being renamed Meta a while back. And there's been a lot of activity in that space around a lot of collaborations. Microsoft and Facebook will meet her, as it's called. They used to have a whole lot of other products that they've subsumed and built in. But we'll talk about that during the gadget side. In the meanwhile, um, it's all about Microsoft. And Microsoft are doing some really interesting stuff in the hardware space. Now, they are primarily a software company. I mean, who doesn't use Microsoft at some level somewhere? I mean, they're mo- without question the most ubiquitous Actually, let me retract that. They are not. The truth is that mobile phones, Apple and Google, are now the most ubiquitous method of getting and connecting and using a computer on the globe. There are billions upon billions of cell phone users. Cell phone technology is just moving along in leaps and bounds. We've hardly fully rolled out 5G and the talk for next year is 6G, it's coming, it's going to be faster, better, smarter, cheaper, God knows what else they get up to. But the truth is that all these Gs have fundamentally reshaped how we do things. Most young people and many people, certainly in the emerging world, like South Africa, parts of Asia and South America, their first experience with any form of computing device is a mobile phone. And mobile phones are super cheap. The dumb phones or the so-called feature phones have pretty much gone away, except in some deep rural areas of Africa and other places. Those devices essentially are used for very brief um, SMS, which is short messaging type communication, and the odd phone call using 2G networks, which pretty much have gone away for most of the world. The technology is old. It's hardly supported. And 3G, 4G, well, 4G and 5G have become the de facto standard that we all work on. And Ericsson, one of the largest um, companies in that space, have launched a, or released rather, I should say, a, a consumer lab report. They do this all the time. And it's very, very interesting. We'll go through some of those findings because they link into everything else we're talking about. But mostly, let's just quickly touch on what Microsoft are up to. Um, we sort of digressed there a little into the greater picture. But Microsoft's hardware product, along with some <clears throat> really interesting and competitive software products, have just been launched. And I've played with the Surface hardware, the Pro, which is the Surface Pro, which is a tablet with a screen, with a keyboard, the laptops, which is a standard laptop, and the Studio 2 I've had very limited use of, but um, it's big. It's beautiful, 28 inch, 28 inches of, of amazing touchscreen. So a lot of new hardware coming, but the Surface range has been available in South Africa now for quite a while. And the new generation, the Surface Pro 9 starting with, 
has got a very high quality screen and um, a very, very good quality hardware with obviously all the screens now are, are running at very high, very high resolution and very high refresh rate. That's great for gaming. It's great for smooth scrolling through through complex websites. It's great for designing on some of the creative software from Adobe and now from Microsoft that are, are available. And they're all using the latest 12th generation Intel processors. And something interesting, a Microsoft SQ3 processor. So Intel certainly don't have it all their own way. But the new Surface Pros, um, the Pro 9 certainly looks amazing. You can connect it with a keyboard. There's a very cool English collaboration on the keyboard coming up. And um, it's well worth looking at if you're looking at a at a, a, a tablet, work tablet. They all run Windows 11, which is a huge thing. And um, the latest version of Windows 11, they just launched a, I won't go into that in this this particular session, but they've just launched a massive update to Windows 11, downloaded it. It's perfectly stable. If you offered such a update, please do take it. Um, do update your latest to the latest version of Windows 11. And if you're using anything before Windows 11, if your hardware is capable, it's well worth the upgrade. Moving on from there, you can get 5G connectivity on the Surface Pro 9, and it has tons and tons of um, of options with regard to RAM and memory and storage, and obviously the pricing varies, so check it out. But the integration of the hardware and the software all through the Microsoft platform makes updating very seamless. It makes it an extremely effective and easy device to use, and the pricing is certainly competitive with other major, with the only other major tablet that is useful, for, in my opinion, and that's the Apple iPad. But it's certainly competitive in that space, and there's much more of a common workhorse in the office, if you want to put it there. And it's a tablet or a computer, depending if you link the screen, uh, the keyboard to it. The, um, the next thing they launched, which is very, very, very cool, and, of course, my phone is ringing like mad today, but we'll silence that thing, um, is the new Surface Laptop 5. Now, the Surface Laptops, again... Touchscreens, all the things you expect from a decent, high-quality, high-end laptop running Windows 11 using the same um, quality of processor and everything. Also, a 120-hertz screen, 13.5 and 15-inch model, latest 12th generation Core i5 or Core i7 processors. None of that makes a real lot of technical sense other than you pay more and you get more. And it depending on what you're doing, between 8 gigs, 16 gig, and 32 gigs of RAM, and up to 1 terabyte of storage. And the pricing of the high-end, the 512 and 1 terabyte storage, has dropped dramatically over the last year. So the pricing of these devices are, again, super competitive. They compete with the Dells, the HPs. And again, the one little advantage Microsoft have got is that they control everything, the hardware, the software, just like Apple do. And I must say that mostly it is quite a seamless, easy high-end experience, and the battery lives have really, really um, improved dramatically. Most of them will give you a full day easily, and that's the benefits of using all the latest uh, processors. And the starting price, according to Microsoft, will be around eighteen to 20,000 Rand in South Africa, which, again, very competitive with what else is out there. But obviously, as you add RAM, as you add uh, storage capacities, you land up spending a lot more. So I would reckon it'll be somewhere between 18,000 and uh, 29 to 35,000, depending on what you want. The Surface Studio 2 Plus, the 
this sort of massive desktop computer is a bit of an anomaly. It's it's useful for a lot of different things. It's not something that I think a lot of people will buy for general use, but it is super cool. It's got the most amazing hinge. It it goes flat. You can use it like a table type top, and it comes with a pen, and it's just a very, very good device for creative stuff. But what I was referring to, which is really interesting, and uh, quickly we'll just quickly talk about it um, briefly because there's a lot to talk about in that space, and as usual, time flies when you're having fun on this show. But they've released a lot of software which takes uh, advantage of some of the benefits of um, the new, well, any laptop, but running on Microsoft. The de facto creative software has been Adobe. All the various Adobe or Adobe, depending on how you want to call it, products from all the creative stuff that all the major guys have been using for years have been the de facto standard for pretty much everything. Well, they've now released a new graphic design app in Microsoft 365. So if you've got the Microsoft 365 uh, option, this is something you can add to it. And they are talking about best-in-class AI, which they, which includes something called Dell E2. Now, again, not going into the technical stuff, but what it does, it creates the most amazing usage. You draw a circle, it makes it a perfect circle. It uses computational um, AI to really make designing and drawing incredible. The amount of, I've had a brief look at the software. It is very competitive in this space. It has tons and tons of, of guides and content design elements that make social media invitations, just general stuff, brochures, really adapting and adjusting pictures fast and really, really slick. And what Microsoft have done is they've integrated this, the, the AI and some of the other features from Dell E2 into, from the designer app into a lot of other apps. So Bing and Edge and all the other products that Microsoft have been working on, they've definitely included that. So on that note, we're going to have a quick break and then we'll be back with some more interesting news all about what, what Ericsson found out about 5G and how it's changing our lives. We'll be back straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And before we get into Tech Talk Cafe, now moving into the metaverse. Well, that is a term that uh, um, our friend at Facebook has, has coined, Mark Zuckerberg. But the metaverse and Web3 are pretty much synonymous with each other. And the vision, just to be fairly big around the whole vision of this and Web3, hardly got used to Web2. Most people don't even know what, what Web means. We use apps, we use phones, we use browsers, and surfing the web has become such an old term that most people don't even think about anymore. But you get to services, you get to your bank, you get to whatever you want to do, you use social media, and you communicate and connect via Devices, tablets, phones, computers, whatever it is. But the Metaverse and Web3 really are looking to take this to the next level. And again, as part of the Gadget of the Week, which we're talking about high-end VR glasses from Meta, which were released in the last few days, where this all starts and ends is with connectivity. Now, connectivity is, without question, 
the enabler of so many different things. Now, when 3G came out, it certainly took things to the next level. We're talking speeds that most people weren't even getting on their home networks. But fiber to the home, which is rolled out pretty much across most of urbanized major cities within South Africa and slowly but surely reaching into the smaller regions, fixed LTE and 5G is doing a similar path across most of the country and most of the world for that matter. And slowly but surely, what we do with our devices, the apps that are available and the types of platforms and systems and solutions that we engage with have evolved along with the capability of the amount of, of data you can actually use, share, and the speeds and the, the latencies, the, the lack of speed. When I say speed, speed is just the speed of the data flowing down a pipe. The latency is how long that data takes to get from a particular place to another place, depending on where the server or where the platform lies. And that speed makes a huge difference for gamers, huge, because obviously if you shoot something, you don't want that uh, person to move before it gets shot or blown up or whatever it is that you do with your, your various gamers or if a car rides off the road. So latency becomes a huge thing. And 5G, with the rollout of 5G, has taken this all honestly to the next level. It's now enabling augmented reality, virtual reality, and all forms of very data-intensive platforms where you can look at, at pictures, you can share um, environments, you can start transferring enormous amounts of data at incredibly higher speeds amongst groups, people, and things. Now, Ericsson is one of the largest producers or largest manufacturers and suppliers of mobile communications, platforms, technology, radios, you name it. They used to do phones. Those that remember that are really showing their age. But truth be told, they are one of the largest companies in the space. And what they wanted to try and find out through their Consumer Lab 5G report, and it's definitely one of the largest consumer 5G researchers. And cons why this was really interesting is that you and I as consumers often fail to understand how these things affect our lives. You sort of get dragged along. You maybe watch a few more videos on your 5G phone, and it seems to work a little better, and you make the odd call, which seems to not drop as often. And it's not something that you spend a lot of time thinking about. But there are a lot of things coming, and the next wave of, of applications and the next wave of products that are going to be enabled through a network that offers the capacity, the speed, and the ability to deliver these these high stream type products is a big deal. So they surveyed 49,000 consumers in 37 countries, including South Africa, and try to get a sense of exactly what's going on. And one of the what a num there were a number of 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 of, of um, findings. But interesting, um, the report actually forecasts that 5G consumers who have experienced using some form of extended reality functionality. Now, augmented reality is where you've got some form of glasses or some form of, of um, vision augmentation in terms of information. So you put on a set of glasses and up pops information about your what you're looking at or you can download a manual and you can see what's going on. And it's it's much more immersive than simply scrolling on your phone. It's there. Your hands are free. You can do stuff. Fully augmented reality is when you're immersed in a virtual world that is happening 
outside or in your head through either handheld devices with screens that are, are, are attached to your face like glasses. So two totally different things, and they call them extended reality. And they will be the – and what the research found is that these 5G consumers who used it because the the um, quality has been so good that they would likely be the first to embrace future devices as they are much more positive about the potential of mixed reality glasses. Now, for me, I've experienced a lot of virtual reality, some of it terrible, some of it absolutely mind-blowingly good, um, some of the experimental stuff that's not available to consumers at the various shows that I've been to. And I've always maintained that a virtual reality type environment is useful for very limited types of engagement. Again, we'll discuss what uh, uh, Facebook and Meta feel that Web3 and the whole new Metaverse will bring to the world where you'll all engage in like science fiction worlds. That may may not be where we're going. But the simple fact that if you could get information visually in a way that adds value to directions, it adds value to anything, and this can be facilitated through a very high-speed ubiquitous network like 5G, it certainly changes everything for everyone. And we're going to see about that and going ahead. And what's interesting out of this report, there were six key trends. The first thing is that 5G adoption has been rolling along despite all the, the craziness that's hit the world. It's pretty much inflation resilient. Everybody has been getting it and, and, and obtaining the necessary devices and using it across all the markets that they surveyed. So there are over 510 million consumers have, that are probably going to take up 5G in, in 2023. And that's a significant number of people. What's interesting, did a little bit of homework around this, you can now pick up a 5G device for in the region of three and a half thousand rand in South Africa. And there are a number of them from three and a half to five thousand. So we're not talking about stupidly expensive 20, 30,000 rand fancy devices like they were in the past couple of years where only the highest end of the high end had 5G. 5G has really gone mainstream when you're talking about a three and a half grand device having 5G built in. Might not be the ultimate metaverse device. But simply put, it can connect to a 5G network. It can deliver speeds that 4G and reliability and capacity that 4G and, and 3G just could never do. So it's there. And the demanding, the second finding was the demanding next wave of users. And what they found is that once people have experienced 5G, they have incredibly high expectations of 5G performance, especially around network coverage. So when your phone pops onto 5G, and you have a seamless experience, the minute you lose that 5G, it's like losing a, a, a little part of yourself. It's quite a weird feeling. So, for example, when you roam in places, I've traveled to Germany, got 5G, which was interesting, but you leave certain places, you get back down to 4G, and it's like you, you, you feel lost. How can you be using 4G when you got used to 5G? So there's no question um, that the early adopters are absolutely demanding better quality and they're demanding 5G pretty much everywhere. And in a way, this leads to the next finding that 5G availability is seen as a satisfaction ben benchmark. So in other words, if there's 5G, it's good. When you go places, it's it's important that you get 
good geographical coverage, good indoor-outdoor coverage. And when hotspots like big conferences, soccer games, etc., you have 5G, and that's the benefit of 5G. You go into a massively dense environment like a soccer stadium when there's 30, 40, 50,000 people all congregating, using their devices. Often you can't get a signal. You can get nothing. Not a thing works. With 5G, it tends to work far, 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 order of magnitude better. So more people can communicate, more videos can be sent, more tweets and all the social media can be shared. And this is absolutely something that is pushing the growth and the adoption of 5G. And what is happening is that all the video platforms have found that when people connect via 5G, they have almost doubled the amount of time on augmented reality and enhanced video high-end usage. So it's simple. Once you have it, you tend to use it. The platforms that need it tend to work better, so you actually do use it more. And the other most important thing is, and this is where sort of the rubber meets the road, there has to be some form of monetization around 5G. And every consumer that they surveyed reckons, well, not every, six out of ten consumers expect 5G offerings to move beyond mere data volume and speeds to on-demand tailored network capabilities for specific needs. And that sounds a little bit like gobbledygook, but what it simply means for you and me is that there are certain things that you need, high la low latency, you need high speed. So, for example, doctors, doctors who need to see scans, who need to see things that are very intense on data and very real-time, um, remote remote type work where you have to see something happening in real time, that sort of stuff is definitely going to become more and more easily available. And more and more companies are going to find solutions that can use those capabilities to deliver better and more specific services around all sorts of things. So tracking items and, and you name it, there's is almost an, an unbelievable amount, if you start putting your mind to it, amount of things that can enhance and improve and change the way you interact with all sorts of things because working remotely is a big deal. The old days where only the net, where the networks at a business and the speeds that you could get within a building, within a network that you used at work was significantly better and higher capacity and more reliable than what you could get when you left the building. That, those days have gone away. 5G and the technologies around fiber and last mile using things like 5G has completely changed that. You can go anywhere. You can be sitting on a boat uh, in the harbor connected to the latest 5G networks and behave as if you were sitting on a high-speed fiber network within your building and do exactly what you were doing there, be it virtual reality, be it scans, be it creation of, of and the use of high-quality virtual models of of products, etc., etc. So the monetization models are going to shoot up at incredible, incredible speed. And this is where the segue into the next generation is 5G adoption is setting up the path to the metaverse. Now, as much as it sounds unlikely, we're all going to be wandering around with virtual reality helmets on and, and living in virtual worlds. That's something that's been played out for many, many people across normal sort of virtual worlds that you create on your laptop and your computer. Gamers have long immersed themselves in a virtual world of gaming, 
whatever it is, whatever type of game, creation, single-person shooter stuff, whatever it was within the gaming environment, shooting around with Mario Brothers on a, a virtual theme park, that sort of stuff is all great, and, and it lends itself to the sort of immersive short-term usage that the metaverse is promising. But once a 5G user gets onto a metaverse-related service, they are spending much more time on it than they would have on 4G, simply because 4G could not offer the consistency and the speed and the reliability of what is possible through the 5G networks. So all told, what what uh, Ericsson found is that 5G is rapidly becoming a mainstream service for everybody. It's rapidly integrating itself into our lives. It's making things simpler, easier, and much more um, po- possible to use very, very high-quality video, audio, and other types of services, either streamed to laptops, devices, tablets, or, or phones, but more and more to more advanced advanced devices, which are becoming more and more easily available where you've got augmented reality services where stuff is popped up or transmitted onto a screen, which is tiny little glasses on your face, or fully immersive gaming-type environments where you have got little handheld paddles which give you extended usage where you can fight, you can dance, you can shoot, you can play in a completely virtual world. It's also bringing collaboration, which is very, very interesting um, and we'll talk a little bit about that in the gadget of the week, which is <laughs> pretty cool. It's not cheap, these gadgets, but at the cutting edge, it tends not to be. But a lot of environments, especially with remote working, imagine if you are able to see your entire, uh, an entire picture of your, um, your colleagues or coworkers and not just a face in two dimensions. How much more immersive any meeting would be if you were in some form of um, virtual reality with either an avatar, which is one way to do it, or in reality using 3D cameras or, or fully integrated um, scanning of, of 3D, which gives you all the nuance of being in person. Um, not quite, listen, nothing beats the in-person. Nothing beats actually meeting someone and having a, a relaxed chat. But in the event that that's not possible, it's certainly, especially in the world where travel has become a bit of a nightmare, you know, hopping on a plane can take you forever, um, getting stuck and losing your luggage, etc., etc., creates havoc as well. So the usage, remote working, remote communication, remote types of stuff have become more and more relevant for most of us, and the ability of the networks to support these type of um, activities has grown in leaps and bounds. And with one comes the other, and we'll talk about the other which is a brand new device, which brings unbelievable quality to the augmented reality and the virtual reality world, will be discussed straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And continuing with this theme of everything, everywhere, high-speed connectivity, 5G, 6G, 7G, who knows what the Gs will be doing over the next couple of years. Though I can with great confidence tell you that within a 18-month period, you're going to be talking about um, using your 6G phone. 
but <laughs> let that not distract us from where we are right now. 5G has fundamentally changed the quality and the ability of um, networks to, to, to respond to all the changes that are coming. And at a Meter Connect virtual event this week, Mark Zuckerberg unveiled the latest in the generation of, of virtual reality setups, the Meter Quest Pro, which feeds directly into his vision, his idea of where the Meter world is going, which is a fully immersive, high-quality virtual reconstruction of reality or creation of a completely fictitious science fiction-y universe where we can all disappear and do lots of things. My sense, uh, again, had these long, interesting discussions with many tech heads and other people who really not that techy indeed, is that any form of closed-off um, independent environment where you can no longer use your senses uh, in the usual course, in the real world, as they call it, is going to be a very niche product for lots and lots of reasons. And Mark Zuckerberg and the, and the, the meter people describe what their vision of the metaverse as a set of interconnected digital spaces, note that, will let you do things that you can't do in the physical world, which... Again, my first point of departure, there's very little you can't do in the physical world. Look, I suppose you can't physically connect with someone in L.A. whenever you want to, and you could do that with a fully immersive type environment that the Metaverse or Web3 or whatever offers. So there is something. And then the last part, which I truly don't fully get, but it, it's great marketing speak, is they say that you will connect more deeply with people who matter the most. Now, that's not really true. However, Facebook did make it very, very, very clear that you could stalk people you hadn't seen for a 100 years. You could reach out to them. You could interact with them. You could talk to them. You could video with them. You could see what's going on in their lives. And, yes, families who've left South Africa, families who've landed up all over the world have used platforms like that to share to, to keep everyone updated with the latest happenings with kids and loved ones and fathers and mothers. So the vision of taking technology away from a screen into a virtual audio-visual type environment is a good one. I think it's actually very clever, and it certainly can lead, as some of the science fiction um, writers say, into a place where people waste away living a virtual world of their own creation lying on the couch. And therein lies the rub. Ultimately, instead of sitting and looking at a screen with a little camera and having a two-dimensional chat with your loved one who lives far away, it's entirely possible if both of you have got the necessary hardware, which today is an expensive episode, but in the nature of technology, every year it gets cheaper and more ubiquitous and easier to find and easier to use for the most part, it would make a lot of sense. You could then interact in an environment that would be much more akin to sitting a, in the lounge and having a really good chat with someone um, for both personal or and business use. So I do believe that there will definitely be a time where the networks and the hardware will allow us to do exactly that. And 
having played with some, as I said, some of the sort of new experimental devices, the original Oculus brand of, of devices were clearly a construct. The, the vision, the 3D vision would either make you sick or give you headaches. It was really artificial at best. The latest new versions and the promise of what uh, this new headset that Mark Zuckerberg, the Quest Pro, the Meta Quest Pro, offers is a very, very high quality um, 3D immersion and in, in an environment that is extremely sharp, very high quality to the point. I don't say you can suspend reality, but you certainly can very much get involved and emotionally connect because you're now talking to 3D beings or 3D events. And it, it's, it's pretty impressive having been on certain demos where they take you through roller coaster rides. They take you walking through a, an environment where you can look up, you can look down, you can look everywhere. It tracks you incredibly. If you use the right, um, some of them, this, the, this device comes with a, a little handheld, um, device, which gives the ability to utilize your hands and actually physically interact, touch, bang, smack, wave, play tennis, uh, whatever it is that you do with a handheld device with incredibly high resolution sensors of, um, of movement and the ability of giving really sharp visuals has improved enormously. According to them, they call them pancake lenses that fold light several times, reducing the depth of the optical module by 40%. So it's very high quality, very compact. You don't feel like you've got this weight on your head. So overall, the mixed reality and the um, ability to track your eyes, to track your facial expressions, makes the experience in the virtual world a thousand times more real than it's been in a long time. And it, it definitely takes from what I've seen. I haven't seen these yet. I've only seen the demos. It's, it's pretty mind blowing what you can do. And one of the things that, um, he did mention is that right now, as I said, the appeal of these headset sets is very strongly amongst gamers and the price of round about 30,000 Rand for them is definitely going to keep it to the very, very high end. Um, but no question that Billions have been spent on, on games in the MetaQuest store. These are fully immersive 3D. They're 33 titles right now. They've made, in the scheme of things, not much revenue. But these type of games certainly do set the tone and do set the environment that people are going to use. They, they were focused very much on a personal environment. There was not a lot of um, talk about business. However, also announced at the same conference was a uh, collaboration between Microsoft and Meta on exactly that. They are going to make Office 365 and all the apps in Office 365 available on these devices, on the um, the Oculus, well, it's not the Oculus, on the Meta device, uh, from in the nearest future. And what that means, you can't sit there in virtual reality um, updating your spreadsheet. But what you can do is you can share uh, visuals, you can share information, documentation in the metaverse uh, and allow people to interact, discuss, deal, and get very involved in the various elements of what's going on. And that's going to be built into Office 365. It's going to be built into uh, the operating system of the device. 
So you're going to see more and more of this type of collaboration, bringing more and more amounts of usefulness to the whole um, world or the whole metaverse around this is uh, the three, you know, this whole 3D immersive environment. But for the most part, I believe the greatest use of all of this type of technology is going to be around business, around sharing information and mixing virtual with real information and real world situations. So fixing machinery, needing manuals, needing guidance, sharing important information about development, building cars like Ford did in the virtual reality space where teams across the world can all collaborate on particular issues around the look and the feel in a much more immersive way that they could in any other way. On that note, I've been told we have a quick break for our sponsors again, and I'll be back with some other interesting news all about streaming. So it's still connected stuff. It's still dealing with high-speed networks, but we're talking about 4K streaming of the Soccer World Cup, which is coming up shortly in, uh, I think, less than a month. So we'll be back straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And before we get into what I was talking about, um, 4K streaming of the World Cup, I just wanted to mention one, I think, brilliant use of what's coming up with the new Meters virtual reality platform and Office 365 from Microsoft is Teams. One thing working on spreadsheets, one thing working on documents, one thing trying to ex- get a PowerPoint presentation. They bore, they can be, I won't say they all are, they can be super boring in real life when you're sitting in a in an audience and they're presenting on a screen. Imagine moving that into 3D where you cannot escape because they can see you there. could get a little, you know, a little death-defying in terms of boredom. But one area that makes a lot of sense is where you have Teams meetings in virtual reality, where you have employee orientations, you have general Teams meetings where you can see a much better version of what's going on in that sort of um, that sort of space so incredible uh, collaboration I believe that that is one place where it will be extremely useful to have a much more immersive because teams and all these sort of there's a massive fatigue and massive lack of of uh, information that comes from working on a to do 2d screen and trying to communicate and share information and the meter quest devices and companies that need to collaborate at that level definitely um, are going to bring a lot of value a lot of benefits to to business and let's see how that pans out i'm going to try to get a demo of all this sometime fairly soon and i'll let you know how well it works i believe it could be incredibly incredibly useful within um, the team's user base and considering the, the breadth and the scope of Office 3, of Windows 365 and Office 365 and businesses using it everywhere, there's no question that this is going to be, I think, a really big deal and a partnership that might finally tip the whole virtual reality space into a whole new usage model as, um, as, as, you know, starting now. So watch the space. I think it's going to be a big, big, big deal. But last thing we've got to talk about today, and I think it really is quite interesting, is that the video on demand services have grown 
in leaps and bounds, exponentially in South Africa. Uh, PwC released a report very recently showing how this all plays out. But the entertainment and media industry across Kenya, Nigeria, and South Africa were surveyed and has been a massive economic driver. The amount and the scale and the way people have evolved, again, because of the various, um, because of the various networks, 5G, 4G, fiber, whatever, um, it's enabled this to actually happen. And the, the, the drop in linear streaming TV has, has pretty much matched the growth in non-linear streaming internet TV. And COVID-19, no question, and the lockdown years definitely gave it a serious kick uh, to get it going. But it's now become unbelievable in terms of where it is. Mobile has become an enormous amount uh, part of it. People are watching more and more on tablets, phones, and alternative devices to TVs. And multi-choice have launched, as we discussed a while back, and they launched a couple of weeks ago, a massive push into this space. They do promise they're going to try to bring a few more concurrent streaming uses or streaming possibilities to um, to streamers who use it. There's also going to be uh, lower prices. But one of the services, which I certainly got me going, because for a long time I've been wondering, um, Facebook, not Facebook, Netflix and Prime have been available in South Africa in 4K, and good old DSTV are still running four times, well, a lot less than four times, on HD at 1080, and you can see the quality is, is just crazy. Well, their main, um, their main streaming platform provider, uh, which is Showmax, has offered a new pro version, and Showmax Pro is going to offer 4K streaming of the World Cup, which is really, really, really cool. And that, as I said, is coming within a couple of weeks. And they were offering it for 385 Rand a month uh, with a lot of other things. But if you're interested in, and all you will need is a 4K-enabled TV, one of the, their app on that said 4K-enabled uh, TV, and you'll be able to watch the World Cup in all the 4K streaming glory, which is significantly, especially for sport, the one, the one absolute benefit of 4K. You can get away with a, with a HD movie. But when you're watching sport, you're watching the fast moving action, you're watching ball, the ball move really quickly from one side to the other. 4K changes the game completely. So check out Showmax Pro. They've dropped the price. They've made it extremely, uh, convenient and easy to use. It's standalone. You don't need a DSTV subscription, even though DSTV still, unfortunately, has some of the best sport in the world and best sport channels in the world. So if sport's your thing, DSTV is pretty indispensable. But on that note, we have to wrap it up. I've been told my time is up. That's all for this week on, on uh, Tech Talk on Chai FM. Till next week, same place, same time. This is Stephen Ambrose for Tech Talk on Chai FM.